Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry for the mess up tonight. It's kind of been a weird, weird thing. I was trying to connect this thing to the directly connected to the computer, and um, for some reason it wouldn't take it. It just wouldn't go correctly, and my microphone for some reason wasn't testing properly, and there was no way to tell if it was on or off. I just got crazy, so I just decided to call in directly. Um, and uh, we're here now. Um, it says I'm on, so I'm hopefully that we're on and we're up in the air. I kind of put um, our episode tonight is called Up in the Air because we're kind of up in the air. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm doing here tonight. Uh, got a little confused starting. And uh, we um, we finished. I finished the book last night on... Uh, Finding the Third Eye, and uh, that's I, I went as far as I wanted to go with that, and I and I think um, I think I did a, a fair a fair reading on that. Um, whether or not I did, it's up to the audience. But I I tried to be as Well, I just I just tried to bring forth some information to you, so so you'd be able to maybe um, find your third eye. Um, what I decided to do tonight, that's why I put it up in the air, because I, I wasn't really sure if I if I was able to going to be able to hook in properly. But since I am and have, uh, I'm going to do something. Uh, that I haven't done for a while, and I, I'm going to read some stuff off my own <clears throat> website, uh, some articles and some uh, poetry that I've written recently. Um, I've gotten into, uh, I, uh, in uh, March and uh, February, I found myself getting into an, uh, a very... Uh, funky, rather dream-like stage. Don't ask me why. I'm not really, really certain, but um, I found I found myself um, connecting, okay, to 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 uh, the uh, what they call the imaginal world, and I, I have to really um, um, thank uh, this author. Uh, Stephen Herod uh, Booner, B-U-H-N-E-R, and a uh, remarkable guy, and he wrote a book called Souling Language. And I 
had him on our show uh, oh a few months back uh, on his book called Imaginal Realm and the Plant Intelligence. And he wrote about the intelligence of plants. But very remarkable guy. But he's written about uh, thirteen or fourteen books, and uh, one of them it was the Ensouling Language book, which I've been just absolutely amazed by. Um, because what it does is it talks uh, about um, language, basically, and writing. You know, the uh, it's called On the Art of Nonfiction and the Writer's Life. And it really uh, opened my eyes to, to something that um, about myself, about my work, about uh, the work of all writers, uh, especially nonfiction writers, and um, we, uh, uh, and it explained to me, uh, it opened up a few doors to me, and it opened up a few doors in my mind, and it allowed me to uh, transpose that
like this. In the loss of restrictions, the bounty of freedom and thinking and philosophy under the mainstay of finite solutions to the proxy of education. Fill in the blanks of emptiness and falsehood until the wells of fresh thoughts are springing forth into fountains. Experience the boldness of believers who isolate the words of wonder into mantras of self-hypnosis. Find the hidden lining of golden fleece within the tribal rituals of wearing goat's heads and horned remnants of past conquests now dead, ravaged, and cannibalized. Hawa, hawa, hawa is the breathing sound of words to the beat of hearts and drums. Dance is done to the rhythm of wind and rain and breeze and trees and water and skies. Listen to the songs of silent singers telepathically focused on their herds of cattle and sheep crying and moaning and bleeding and stampedes of dust and debris scattered over plains of greenlands burned by the greed of oilmen, farmers, and madmen prospecting for gold or planting seeds. Future feelings of honesty escape the thieves of time as they run down the clock for a few extra minutes of pondering in the light of fast food offerings on the altars of recycled petroleum and plastic waste cycling the earth, or rather circling the earth. Involvement insolvent bankers run scared against the demanding governments of waste and fraud until they can no longer stand or run or ward off the persistent attacks of greed. Laughing in the wake of ruin, the largesse is lost and gone, never to return as billionaires and millionaires jump from their burning buildings and murder their boards of directors. While you and I and others refuse to lend them a dime, and our government of real people retaliates against the black hearts of greed and crime, worshipping in the mind meld of Vulcan existence, respecting the life of Leonard Nimoy Spock, and immortalizing him as millions of Canadians reface the Canadian fiber. Hell-bent on waking to a cacophony of musical notes tuning up or loosening keys and strokes on brass and wood and strings, the side swipes of a ball-headed music director against an orchestra of dead and dying music from the 15th century. Ha! said the one-man audience as the comedian fell off the stage and cracked his smile. Instructed by the tarot kings and fourth-dimensional fantasy, the lost fool of tarot fame is recognized by his brothers Abel and Cain, the pages of swords and wands slashing and clubbing demons in his delusions. <clears throat> in a gauge of contentment, the ostrich th- link- thinks it can fly, and the eagle stays in his nest. A sparrow never falls, a man never runs, and a woman never talks, makes love, or nurses a child. In complete contentment, what is there to do other than rest in peace, knowing your mortal mission is complete? Death is a deep sleep for the innocent and a delirious dream for the guilty, ravaged by fears and souls of all who hate them, waiting for their eternal revenge and the hell of repentance. Blessed are the hopeless, uh, uh, sorry, blessed are the hopeful homeless, 
wander on city streets alive without sustenance, without visible means, lost and found collections of misfitting souls with hard, crushing blows from friends, family, and people they know. A woman in a doorway of an abandoned house laughing hysterically by herself until she cries out that the house was once hers, where her heart was lost and her life was severed. No one cared, no one heard, no one saw her, but she was there. She and millions of people, of women and men and children like her, suffering an excruciating lament, refugees of torments cast out of their lives and left to die, wandering aimlessly and alone to starve. Another woman weeps in a hallway as a maiden moon wanes across the night sky. She looks out the open door and begins to cry. Then she screams and falls to her knees as the maiden moon ages before her eyes into the mother and the crone, too quickly to remember the moments between youth and the rest of her life. Oh, my God, she cries. How did my life pass before my eyes without me seeing it, without knowing it, or remembering with nothing to show for having lived my life in this hallway, always looking at the moon and the night sky? In the fallacy of dreams, the soul floats from scene to scene and forgets most of what it has seen, except for the lucid moments when the dream seems real and we walk through them. Good morning. How did you sleep? The first words heard today and replied to, did you sleep well? Why? I wondered. Is it so important to her and to I to ask what we did for the last eight hours as we slept together? An ongoing test of time reminds me of where I am, watching clocks and people and places until I return home again, but not until I spend enough time to earn my pay for watching clocks and people and places and things as a watcher watches his or her watch on a wall or a wall clock in rooms filled with people or things. Tattoos never seem to be what they seem. They all have special meanings of love or hate, pain or poetry, or something special to the tattooee. Unlike the litany of librarians of, shh, be quiet, you have late fees. Welcome to the mayhem of mundane lives and self-imposed prisons of husbands and wives, reaching for the proverbial sky of freedom, rest and vacations, floating through reality in a free-flowing, lucid dream. Yeah. That was called Word Rains. It's another poem I wrote. I was actually looking outside a window of a building and, uh, I saw this tree in the courtyard, and I was amazed with so much snow around it and how strange it was, but it's called the Winter Tree. Limbs as arms and legs of men hung up bright or upside down against the gray sky and snow piled high on the ground. A thousand offshoots, leafless and brown, shiver in the, in the wind without making a sound, waiting for spring to come. Square panes within rectangle windows surround the courtyard like 
at the tree through spare pain, square panes, I mirror its silence in this cold snow and winter air, waiting dormant until resurrection and spring. My, uh, my next poem is called Asphalt Jungle. And I, I wrote this on, on March 5th, actually, so it was about seven days ago. And um, the other ones I wrote on different days, but um, since. But Asphalt Jungle, I have a graphic on my site that I put up as well. Um, just kind of symbolic of the um, of it of the poem. In the asphalt riots of a frozen day, the lost heads bob up and down as they nod their greetings and agreement without saying a word. Here in a frozen room, I sit teaching silently as students draw and design without speaking or whispering or smiling, entrenched in solemn thoughts. It is an isolated day of sun and cold, but unlike the dead and lost drawings of white hands and white plaster heads in a whirlwind of nothing, pretense is a whispered word when nothing is said or thought or action taken, except in a remote state of mind where whispers are thoughts and troubled voices. Hatred abounds in petty minds, chastising the innocent and guilty, the tardy and exceedingly late, until the hate subsides and the death is mourned. I cannot relate the hate. The confiscation of the mind and heart are too great a loss with everything else to him who had nothing, and now has even less. In the faith of fools repenting, the sacred vaults of secrets hide and the true lives of saints and popes, priests and pedophiles, and the encrypted life of Christ. Way below the catacombs, within the darkest dark, breed the evil jinn and demons, harpies of hate, jealousy and greed that fester in the souls of humanity. Well within the universe, the sacred souls cry out to the lost and lonely and hopeless, the poverty-stricken and the homeless, the dispossessed and dying. There is so little love for the dispossessed in this world of me and mine. Charity fraud, political crimes, bankers and corporate CEOs, robber barons, thieves and whores. Somewhere in the mindless maze of misery lies a glimmer of hope, like a ray of sunlight through a barred cell window after the eclipse of death. We grasp at the mystical moonbeam of resurrection during our passionate pleas for sanity as screams of victims or snipers and serial killers fall on deaf ears. Resting in the remotest part of me are words flashing before my eyes and I hear them shouting in my ears until they fade into moments of memories. Self-described poets and artists fall by the wayside on lost highways, hitchhiking with a song and sock, poems and pictures in their pack as records of wandering lives. Avarice sees in the steam of hot coffee warming the bones on a sub-zero day, 
The Arctic vortex is causing 30 million people to freeze today. Hard looks by hard people within the confines of hard choices and mindless habits underlie their frowns and wrinkles and memories of hard lives. Alphabet soup in a hard-boiled plain in subtext of parentheses and translations of ancient text, the parboiled brain under stress of everything sleeps in fourth dimension. The waterfall of memories wash over the mind until all ends. Regrets are nothing more than thoughts to forget. Pain unfelt suffers unsuffered. Suffering unsuffered and losses regained. The noise of crowds rush through the air as winds of conversations, meaningless and forgotten in the white snow of frozen minds and endless time. Yeah. So. These are just a few of the poems that I've written recently. Um, Here's one I really like that... um, It was a lucid dream in a broiling hell beneath a full moon and 
unclear, but angels abound, singing a chorus of atonal sounds, banging of drums and bleeding of horns, scratches of screens, scratching of screens and crashing of glass, howling of dogs and screeching of cats. Then the soft sounds of guitar strings and melody of song, soft light glaring into the window as a street roars by in the dark and nothing is remembered but the silence, the eyes, the moon, the band, the angels, the cats, and the dogs, without order or structure or sequence, only an expression of madness. Jagged edge of a summit, winds blow harshest against the stone, carving the face of the mountain that withstands the winds alone. In the heat of the sun and the cold of night, the rain and snow of storms, its strength of spirit remains unmoved as the rock is carved deeper into the mountain. A day that hasn't been overwrought 
yet by stresses of living. This day is breaking away from worry, work, anger, and despair. Pain and suffering are not yet here, but may arrive at any time. I am breaking away from today into a happy and peaceful state of mind. I wonder if I can break away from today naturally. I am happy with a few cups of coffee and a breakfast of toasted bread. I am warm with my jacket on. I am alarmed by the morning calm brought upon by lack of phone calls or other distractions. Breaking away from one day is a wonderful vacation of body and mind. Sitting here writing this poem and thinking of what to say is a form of breaking away from today. I feel like taking a walk. The January sun is shining, though it is cold outside and ice and snow are on the ground. The roads and walkways are salted and sanded, and my body seems to be without new aches or pains. This is a breakaway day for me, if there ever was one. I may walk to the post office to pick up my mail. Perhaps something has arrived I was not expecting, but I hope not a shock or a bad surprise. I no longer smoke tobacco or drink bourbon or ale. I no longer eat candy or cake or pie. I have few vices left that will shorten my life, except breaking away from a newborn day. I really enjoy breakaway days like today. That was a nice day, actually. It was a beautiful day. Uh, it was inspiring. It inspired my poem, and it was a pretty graphic that I really enjoyed. Um, And uh, the, in between these, there was a whole lot of different uh, articles and so on. But uh, on January 14th, I, I wrote this um, other poem. It was called False Flag Dreams. And again, if you go to my website, uh, you'll see all the graphics on these poems. They're all original graphics. The false flag of dreams and schemes and conquests are only pieces of tattered memories sewn into patterns of stars and stripes and colors. No one knows what the symbols on these on their flags mean. But no, but to not pledge allegiance to them is treason. I remember as a child I had to pledge allegiance to a flag. It made little sense to me. I thought how foolish it was to pledge my young life to a cloth on a pole. But my teachers all said I must, and my parents said if I didn't, they would school me. I was always alone in my rebellion then when everyone recited their pledge. No one seemed to understand what they were really doing or saying. It was only a remote statement of idealism and loyalty to a piece of cloth. I was told to believe in one nation, one religion, one God, one way of life. I always wondered why. I refused to believe the lies. I was a student of life, history, and philosophy. I am a creator of ideas, a sculptor, books, poetry, and paintings. 
I am a builder of dreams. I am a creator of love and hate and schemes. I am the fulfillment of my desires, the maker of fire, and the creator of my allegiances. Yeah. Yeah. I have some uh, other articles I wrote um, on uh, the Charlie Hebdo um, issues and so many other things. Um, and going into the new year, I, I don't know if I read these at one time or not. I, I don't know if I did. Um, I may have. I don't know. <laughs> um, there was another poem that I wrote back in December. And it was called Remembering Virtual Love. And, you know, these poems are so uh, vivid to me. They're so real. And I, I, I can't remember if I if I actually read any of these. I usually save up a bunch of them so that I can fill a full hour uh, with my work. But in this case, there's poems, and some of them go back to December. So I, I, I really am not sure if I read them, but I read them over and over and over again before I write them or I publish them just to make sure that they they work for me. And so that when I, and, I, and they're so vivid in my mind and in my memories that I, that I don't know if I... Um, read them on the air or not uh, I don't believe I did but I don't know if I did I apologize for repeating them but in this case I don't believe I did and I'd like to share this with you it's called uh, Virtual Love today is a day of rambling thoughts greeted by a sunless sky of gray clouds over snow covered landscapes I wondered about something then wondered about something else until my thoughts changed again. Grasping at lost thoughts, I am grasping a dream. They both vanish forever. A holographic vision creates a virtual world that I cannot enter. I stand outside looking in and play with the thoughts. I am wondering if I or they are real. I saw and heard a ghost from my past she was young and beautiful as she was when alive. I heard her voice. I saw her smile. Her hair was blonde. Her eyes sparkled. She wore a blue dress. Her smile was perfect. Was her smile. She smiled her perfect smile. She said she would stay with me. But fate is a whimsical thing, and I am too thoughtless to remember a dream. This was, this was brought on, this poem was brought on to me by a channel of thought, a vision that I had uh, that came to me about, a, about someone who had passed away at a younger age that um, that affected me. But anyway, um, 
well continue. Um, see if I have it. I'm not sure. I, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I've how much of this I read <laughs> to you or not. There's so much that I that I wrote in December and January and February and March. Um, but I don't I don't think I shared any of this with you, other than if you might have read it on the uh, on my site. Um, but that's okay. Um, I'm trying to look for more poetry that I might have written. But I've got I've got tons of poetry, tons of articles. Um, on current issues. Uh, let's go back another couple of days. Uh, yeah, I think I think, and I'm, and I'm sorry, and I hope that I'm not. Um, I read this. I, I wrote this back in November, and I posted some beautiful pictures that I put up of, of peonies and poppies and tulips from the spring and um, and uh, other flowers. And I and I wrote a short poem called "Remembering Spring in November." And remembering spring in November is one way to forget the cold weather. Gray skies, bitter winds, bleak days, long nights, cold floors, and frost-coated windows. That's the completion of the poem. That's the poem. But if you've been in New England this year, uh, boy, I'll tell you, um, it's been cold. It's been really, really cold. It's been really dreary. Okay, this winter has been really cheery. And, um, you know, uh, I got very uh, rather frustrated over all of this. Uh, you know, over last year I was frustrated and angered by the elections and things that, that, that happened. And, of course, uh, I wrote about all this on my on my blog and uh, on my uh, website, um, and I and I put up some really unique pictures as well um, this year. Um, I don't know if I I think I read this on the show one night, uh, but I may or may not have. This goes back to actually October of last year. And it was called A Walk in Fall. And I have two really outrageous pictures that I took that day that are enhanced, but they're really, um, they're really kind of fascinating. But on this, uh, this, this poem I wrote, it's called I Went for a Walk Today. The sun was blue, the air was cold, the wind was brisk. I saw the reflections of red trees and autumn green, yellow, orange, and gold. The 
road was yellow and blue. I walked as my mind evaporated into the afternoon. I smiled at the sun shining on the rim of my mirrored sunglasses. My walking stick poked the ground, clicking its tip as I struck the road. I watched sculptured trees blowing in the wind with red, yellow, and green leaves rustling. I walked into the autumn sun, humbled by the strength of leaves that held on to their limbs against the harshest winds. Yeah. That was a beautiful afternoon. I, I'm glad I took these wonderful pictures. And, you know, photography, the graphics and enhancements, they, I don't know, they, they add so much. And, um, so much to to a poem, but there's so much in themselves to 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 a, a scene. Now, October 26th, I wrote a short poem, and I, I took a really unique picture, um, and it was called. Uh, actually, there's a series of pictures: uh, "Refugees of Fall," and it's a, it was a. It goes this way. A refugee of fall runs against the time, the winds of time, dragging dead leaves and trees and flowers into the infernos of man-made fires. A vacant bench under fallen leaves, oblivious to weather or time, is centered in the universe as part of the seasons. Refugees of fall enter the portals of the constellations, before the dimming light of fall fades into darkness. Life is an illusion of black and white thought written down in black and white print to be read in black and white by black and white people. We live in many dimensions. Our body lives in the third dimension. Our spirit lives in the other eleven dimensions. You know, it's a beautiful thing, you know, it really is, to go back and look at the fall and look at things that were before great snowfalls and the frigid air and the whole season passed and you see these flowers that once lived and these trees and these leaves that fell and, you know, these are wonderful things. Um... My next poem, I don't know if I've read this or not on the air. Might have. But this is back in October when my dog died too long. And I did a picture uh, series for him, a tribute to him. And this is a tribute to him. When my dog died, I felt that I lost a part of me rather than a, than my, than a friend. My dog was an extension of me. He walked with me and talked with me. He ate with me and sometimes he would sleep with me. He waited for me to come home. He slept soundly on his bed and woke me up in the mornings with a whine or a bark or a nudge. On occasion I got angry at him and he got angry at me. I worried whenever he ran off, fearing he got in an accident or lost. My dog's smile, bark, and growl were like my own reactions to things or people, dogs and cats or squirrels. 
My dog loved me as I loved him. We were special friends until his life's end. Yeah. And uh, on uh, October 14th, I after we came back from the vet and put the poor dog down, I uh, there were some pictures that I had of him had taken and I had on file and I and I published them in a series, two long series. Um, and they were taken of him in 2009 on the back and uh, um, one summer and uh, they were really he was a beautiful dog and uh, I wrote this with it, that on the bottom of the pictures uh, of the series and it says. I took these pictures of Toulon in 2009 when we had, when he was at the peak of his health. Toulon passed away today. He was almost 14 years old. His health began to fail several months ago, though he held on to life in good spirit until this week. He was a great friend and a wonderful dog, and will be greatly missed. And you know, I'm looking at these pictures here, and I. See my friend, my old friend. Again, um, don't forget you can go, you can see all these photos if you and all these pictures if you go to uh, um, if you go to um, elliestillshow.org. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is another photo series that I did. Um, I did several about this time last year. Uh, I published this one on October 13th, actually, a day before my dog died. I was feeling uh, sorry for my, thinking of my old car, my Volvo, that I had uh, gotten rid of, and it was on its last legs. It was a 1985 um, car, 1985 Volvo, um, a GLE sedan. And uh, it ran and ran and ran. I loved that car. I, I really did. It was just kept running, and it was just too getting too old and too much to repair. And the body was starting to shake and go, and, and not shake and go, but those rust. And it just didn't look. It just didn't, wasn't holding up anymore. And I, and I was afraid it wouldn't last through the through the winter. So I had to get rid of it. I, I was going to sell it, but there was nothing really uh, worth. Other than the body that you know somebody might want it to go, but there was too much work. It needed an exhaust system and all kinds of things. And I did this. Uh, I you know I I did a photo series of it. It's called the Transcendent Volvo. <laughs> yeah, I went. I did a number of. Um, you know, I took a picture of. I took about five or six different uh, enhanced photos of it uh, ascending into air. You know. I'm a sentimental guy. I can't help myself. I once wrote a. I wrote a uh, year. I did this. I, I wrote a poem about the about my car last year. When I uh, ended it, ended it. But uh, this was interesting. Um, I again. I'm, I'm going back some, and I don't know if I read this or if I didn't read this to 
to you, but if I did, uh, please bear with me. Um, there's another poem that uh, I wrote back in October of last year, and it was called uh, The Blood Moon. And uh, I don't know if you're from, if you'd realize, but there was a blood moon that went by earlier in October that year, um, last year. And uh, the sky turned red, or the moon turned red, actually. And it was really quite, quite, quite a, quite a sight to see. And uh, in tribute, and, and, and as a tribute to that uh, rare uh, sight, I, uh, I wrote a poem called "The Blood Moon." In the deepest night, it passes overhead. The doorway of death is the blood moon shining as the stargate to eternity. The blood moon screams silently as it passes over humanity, eclipsing its own reflection. Only blood-stained souls fear and hear the cry of the blood moon and see the reflection of war and murder. No one can stand in its blood-stained path. No one can scream loud enough for it to listen. No one is strong enough to resist its passing. And that's the blood moon. Yeah. And I just look to see if there are others here that. Oh, yeah. Um, that was another poem that I wrote uh, for the people of Gaza. Oh, the graphic. I don't know if you remember, recall back in October of last year, of course, they were bombing the hell out of Gaza. Israelis were. Uh, and they killed 7,500 people. And it was quite a, quite a horrible, horrible thing. The people of Gaza live in a world where sorrow screams against war, death, and Israelis. They live in ruins of burning homes turned into tombs where bullets and bombs continue to fall on everyone. The people of Gaza are murdered by Israel's weapons and burned beneath rubble and stone. Thousands of men, women, and children wander aimlessly through ruins, searching for their belongings and homes. The world has abandoned the people of Gaza as they and their children bleed in the streets, murdered by the Israelis. And actually, not too much, nothing really much as better has happened um, since... September of last year, um, I did a, a, a photograph series of September roses that I had in my in my backyard, and uh, I wrote a short poem about them. It's called September Roses. 
In their final bloom of the year, I take their picture and prepare their bed for a New England winter. Then I admire them until the end of their season and wait for them until spring. And I do that every year. I, I try to I try to take pictures of my of every flower that's in my backyard and front yard. Um, I try to take unique photos of them and the trees and the you know and the, the just just the beauty that surrounds uh, the house. And uh, Lila does a wonderful job um, as a gardener, and you know we've done a lot of work out in the back and the front of our home. And you know every they're almost like children we look forward to seeing every year, you know, coming up, um, you know, and, and of course we have tons of house plants as well, but, but it's just, it's just a wonderful thing to see, um, these flowers coming up every year and seeing, seeing nature, you know, communing with nature is just, it's a, it's something wonderful. And, um, I, I honestly believe that these, that, you know, these, these, uh, beautiful flowers, they they look forward to, I mean they they seem to be posing for me you know it's just a beautiful thing you know I mean? it's a beautiful beautiful thing and uh, and I try to make the best of these things as, uh, these flowers and they, this series and these different nature things that I do and 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 I come up with some really interesting things I have to say but um Trust me. 
I asked him his name, and he said he was I. Then I asked how he knew I was he. He said, I have been you for eternity. You may lose me for a while, but I am always with you, even when you are not with me. You think you lost me often by some thought of defeat until you remember I am you and you are me. And with that, I'll end the show tonight and uh, wish everyone a pleasant evening and hope, for the, hope you have a nice weekend. Uh, and good night, everybody. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.